Well, hello out there. You're now tuned in to Real Talk Real Shit with yours truly, Ball-Headed Bliss. It's Wednesday, y'all. Yes, get into it. Hump day. We're halfway through. How you feeling? How are you feeling? Yes, you. Life check. We're in there like swimwear. Oh, I woke up this morning feeling refreshed. I reflect every morning. When I wake up, I just lay here and have a moment of self-reflection and gratitude. You know, what I've been through, how far I come and where I'm at. And this morning hit different for me. As I'm getting up, getting myself together, doing my morning routine, something was placed on my heart to play Worth Fighting For by Brian Courtney Wilson. I learned of this song by my good love, Chris. I love you, boo, if you're listening. Um, it's a gospel song. You know, if you're into gospel, you might know the artist. If not, I would highly suggest listening to it. It's a very beautiful, uplifting, and encouraging song. Now, I was contemplating, you know, discussing this, but, you know, like I said, as I was listening to the song, just reflecting this morning, it was placed in my heart to record this episode. So I'm like, you know what? Hey, it is what it is. Let's go with it. And I just want to talk about depression. Yes. What does depression look like? It's that person that you see smiling every day. It's that person that you see laughing, laughing every day at times. It could be the person that is sulking in the corner. It's the person that's always finding the bad in a situation. It's, It's you. It's me. It's the person that you least expect. Depression is very, very real. And I can't express enough how important it is. Check on all of your friends. But that strong friend that you have, the one that always seems to have it all together, the one that never shows face, the one that never is expressive. They're always so wrapped up. And the people that they love and care about, that they neglect themselves, check up on that strong friend. Because nine times out of ten, that's what depression looks like. Now, according to Miriam, yes, my hit of Miriam, depression is a state of feeling sad, low spirits, or mood disorder. There's different types. There's clinical depression, major depression, postpartum depression. Me personally, I've dealt with all three. Now, I'm going to try to get through this episode because I'm about to get real vulnerable with you. And, you know, it might trigger you folks just to let you know ahead of time before I get into the gist of things. I'm about to speak on some real life, real shit things that I've went through. And Lord behold, you might read it soon and very soon. Not this year, but soon and very soon you may read about it, you know, pushing through with other plans and goals. But yeah, me personally, I've dealt with depression on all three levels. Silent cries at that. There was a time where you really didn't speak about depression or feeling sad, feeling low. Those moments where you felt like you wanted to just end it all. Because at at one point that was shunned upon. Especially... Especially if you, like myself, grew up in 
a spiritual household or a religious household, or, you know, just not just per se a religious household, but God fearing parents or a family. You really didn't speak about moods and depression, anxiety, your feelings, none of that. Um, I would say, I, I can't even honestly say that even with the passing of my mother, I experienced a state of depression. I'm still dealing with that in a sense on how I processed that. I was very numb at the age of 13 losing my mom. So I never really processed that. I'm actually at the age of 31 am now getting into processing that. I'm so thankful. That's the beautiful thing about therapy. There's There are things I wanted to work out on my own but one thing therapy will do, it will open your eyes to the things that you try to avoid, the things that you try to forget, the things that you fail to acknowledge, those things that need to be worked on. And that's the yeah, the absolute beautiful thing about therapy. But my um, fast forward to 20, woo, 2013, 2013. It was my, I feel like my greatest year during that time and my worst year. During 2013, I just felt like I had it all together. Like my credit was up there, whoop de woo. <laughs> you know, all of that, you know, I was um, going, you know, enrolling at University of Maryland Eastern Shore. UMES, whoop, whoop, hawk, pride, catch it. Um, full-time. I had a full-time job. I was a correctional officer. Yes. I was slim fit. Yes, baby. I was working out heavy. If you knew me, then you knew I lived at the gym. I loved lifting. It was such a release for me. But I just, at that time, I felt like I had it all together. And I had just started talking to someone that I really, really liked at the time. You know, somebody, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to make this work. You know, woo woo. I was all together, what I felt was all together, spiritually, physically, the whole nine. I'm into my Bible. I'm, you know, doing things, woo woo, -woo the whole nine. So, like I said, I'm working full time at the prison. Um, I'm enrolled in school full time. And it, it's like one thing led to another. It was like, boom. It went from night to day. I was enrolled. I was taking on six classes. And the way my schedule was set up, I had classes Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I had my classes set back to back from nine. And my last class ended at 6.15, 6.30, I believe. I had switched my schedule, my work schedule, so that way I could take on school full time. Um, so I went from working days from 7 in the morning to 3 p.m. until I started working overnights from 11 to 7. That right there, woo, baby, if you work overnight, power will see you. Only the strong survive for that schedule. <laughs> that ain't for everybody. But, um, yeah. So, and it wasn't like I gradually got into it. It's like literally... Boom, I, I get I was told that I was approved for a schedule change. Four or five days later, boom, I'm starting school. So I never had time to adjust. So like I said, I'm going to school, class start nine o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, class start nine o'clock. I get out of class six thirty. I gotta try to get myself like a two, three hour nap just to go to work, work eleven PM to seven AM. You know, Tuesdays and Thursdays were literally my rest day. 
because I was barely getting enough sleep, I wasn't eating right, I wasn't sleeping good. And so I stopped working out as much to start gaining weight. All the while, I'm trying to maintain a long-distance relationship with the person I was with at the time. He was living in New York. And that took a toll on me, too. I'm like, oh, God, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to show face. I'm trying to keep it together. And it was like, for me, that's when I learned my trigger, putting too much on myself at one time. I was tired, woo, 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 and then all of a sudden, it hit me. <laughs> Why am I so tired? Find out I was pregnant. A few weeks later, I ended up having a miscarriage. Whoa. All of that just hit. And it was just a down moment for me. Like, I put so much on myself. I blamed myself for that miscarriage. Like, it was a lot. I got so much into a depressive state. You know, I came across a, a bottle of Vicodin in my, you know, parents' bathroom. And I took a lot. I did like I that's just how low I was to the point I'm thankful my cousin just happened to come to the house um I think she was looking for my dad and she found me in my room and helped me and you know helped me to the the car her truck it took me to the hospital and I'm there and I'm like I'm you know trying to you know getting myself together and I remember my parents just looking at me like they didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to feel. So fast forward to ask questions. I ended up having to stay in the hospital. Not for the sake of being sick or ill. But if you're from the shore, I had to stay on the fifth floor. That's the mental health ward. I remember being so pissed off because I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. No, no, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. But clearly I'm like, well, let me show face so I can get the hell up out of here. Like, I had a moment, boom, let me bounce back. There for a week, I had to stay there in the mental health ward for a week. And then from there, I went back into my normal life. And I remember my um, supervisors at the time, you know, telling them about my miscarriage and stuff. And they were like, you know, do you want, you know, you're, you're, you can get leave for this if you need time to yourself. You know, you just had a breakdown. You had a miscarriage. And I said, no, no, I'm going to push through. Like I always done. Nobody, but probably as time progressed, besides my immediate family that were there and knew, um, friends that I had discussed about it over time, once I felt comfortable expressing it, knew about that moment in my life because I felt embarrassed. I felt very embarrassed. I'm like, no, I'm, I have it all together. I'm supposed to keep it all together. I was that friend. I felt like I had my shit together. Let me be that example let me continue to show face let me be that encouragement no and deep down i was suffering i did not have it all together so <laughs> we fast forward you know push through you know go through i push that in the back of my head move forward <laughs> i have my daughter when i say postpartum depression is real it is very real. I just remember feeling sunken. I I felt low. The be, the the only way I can explain it, it went from one minute I have life inside of me and the next minute my stomach is flat. I don't feel nothing. 
And I just felt like taken aback. And, you know, my child's father at the time, he was a first time parent. I'm a first time parent. He didn't know how to deal with that. And us living together, I really didn't have the support because he didn't know how to deal with it or go about helping me. I really didn't have the support that I needed at the time. You know, he would just let me be. I would be in my room for days at a time, blacked out, blacked out. And to the point I had another low moment, another low moment in taking pills. And at this point he attempted to, you know, to take me to the hospital and I was like, no, I don't want to go because I, I didn't, I just did not want to go. And that situation too, a lot of people, even my own family didn't know about that situation as well. And I go over both of these situ- very vulnerable situations just to show, just to say, even if you take a chance at listening to this, those that know me, you're probably like, damn. You would have never known in between all of that, in the moments, and now thinking about it, when I got out of the hospital that first time after attempting suicide by, you know, taking pills, I posted a picture on Facebook smiling. I can even remember my locks were curly. I had on my leather jacket, my white scarf. I remember I pulled up to school and I took a picture in the parking lot before I went into class smiling. You would have never, never known the shit that I had went through two weeks prior to taking that picture. All because of trying to show face. All because of trying to stay strong, remain strong. Like, if you're listening to this, if you've suffered with depression before, if you may be going through it now, or even anxiety, it's like, now I acknowledge my moments. I acknowledge if I find myself getting to a low point. I do things that make me happy. Listen to music. I write. I read. I dance. You know, if you've seen a couple of my videos of me cutting up, that's just me. That, that's not me, you know, directing my energy from anything else. That's me. I cuts the fuck up. I've been cutting up since I've been cutting up. Shoot, I was cutting up in prison. Anybody, anybody that, they met me, they're like, girl, th- this is you? When I left for prison, my, my friends would tell me, please don't cut up in it. I was cutting up. You would have thought I wasn't locked up. I made the best of my time. My time didn't do me. I did my time. You you feel me? I was cutting up. <laughs> so that's me. But I say this and all to say depression looks like you, but looks like me, the next person. Depression is real. Depression is very, very real. Check up on your strong friends. Check up on your friends, period. Baby, show me love while I'm here. Give me my flowers while I'm here. You never know what a person may be going through. You never know what a person where a person's mental is at. You never know what's on a person's mind, how much a person is carrying the load, the trauma, the sadness, the hurt, whatever it may be. Show love, give hugs and give me my flowers while I'm here. You dig. Do you dig? And that's why I said while I was listening to Brian Courtney Wilson this morning, worth fighting for. And I'm just listening to the lyrics and I'm reflecting on all I've been through. My, dep- you know, 
suicidal thoughts during a miscarriage suicidal thoughts when i got arrested man when you hear you about to do 40 years i had a two-year-old at the time and off rip when they ran me my charges they told me i was looking at 40 years what <laughs> what mood drop real quick you could see it on me if you see me during my pre-trial moment in the beginning I went from 250 to 170 real quick in the course of three months. I went from 250 pounds to 170. That's just how stressed the fuck out I was. No bullshit. But depression is very... I'm here. And I said that to say reflecting on still worth fighting for. And he says eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. I'm still here. I'm not for sure of my purpose and I don't know the plan laid out for me and I'm still figuring it out as I go along, but it's a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. We all have a purpose, baby. Even you know that your presence is needed just as much as the next person. Yes, you. So if, yeah, this is Esperanza Spalding playing in the background. I love me some her, just so you know. So if nobody has told you, just know that I love you and I care. So we need that. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge hugger. I love hugs. But it's nothing like hearing somebody say, I love you. I make it my business when I get off the phone, through a message, normalize saying, telling folks, I love you. I care about you. Your presence is needed. I need you. Somebody, we need you. Somebody needs you. But just know that you're needed. Bruh, bruh. So by all means, check up on that strong. Have you, when's the last time you reached out to that strong friend? When's the last time you reached out to that friend that has it all together? When's the last time you reached out to the friend that doesn't post much on social media? When's the last time you reached out to that friend that fell off? That said, give me my space. Okay. Yeah, let that person have their space, but also reach out. Check up on that person. Check up on that person. That relative. Whatever. Whomever. Yes, I, and I hope, you know, I appreciate the love, the likes, the share, and the feedback. And to my listeners, I thank you. I hope this, you know, is this going to hit whoever it needs to hit? You know, this is this is my life. This is my story. This is me, boo. This is me. This is all me. And I have no shame in my game whatsoever. Because trust and believe everything I've been through has made me the person that I am. At. <laughs> I'm a strong motherfucking black woman. Do you hear me? Baby, do you hear me? <laughs> real talk, real shit. This is bald-headed bliss. And have a beautiful day. You have a bomb-ass beautiful day. Push through push forward, push on my, thank you.